Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. Today we are joined by a special guest. We have Mallory Metzger from the Hackley Library, who is the Marketing and Program Coordinator, who's going to tell us a little bit about the history of Hackley Library, how it got its start, and a little bit about the library today. So welcome, Mallory. Thank you. Happy to be here. So let's begin at the very start of the library. So how originally did this idea even come up? Right. So it was actually Charles Hackley's idea himself. So in 1888, Charles Hackley announced to the Muskegon Board of Education of his proposal to give a site plus $100,000 for the construction of a suitable building that could become not only a public library, but a reading room for the community to really enjoy. And he was definitely very generous through many means to the city of Muskegon, and the library is no exception. It's definitely an example of one of his generosities, and we're really fortunate that the library has prevailed for over 130 years and has maintained a presence as a library. Yeah, that is very impressive. And do you know, was it the first library in Muskegon? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know off the top of my head, but I would actually assume it is, or at least one of the first of its stature, because there was a lot of hype with it, a lot of fanfare. People were really excited about it. They were, you know, seeing it being constructed throughout the years that it was being built. And so it was definitely something that the entire community was really getting on board with. You mentioned the construction of it. What can you tell us about the construction? Was this kind of a typical library for the time period or was it special and unique? Hackley put a little twist on it? Yeah, so it definitely was a unique library for our area, but there are several libraries throughout the nation that actually have a lot of very similar styles. They have that Richardsonian American Romanesque style. Um, Some other examples of libraries throughout the nation include Stanford Lane Medical Library in California, Utica Public Library in New York. There's also the Thomas Crane Public Library and the Forbes Library, both located in Massachusetts. They had, you know, very similar architecture with the stonework. They had stained glass windows. Some of them also had glass floors, which our library is definitely known for. But around here, it was very unique to the area. And the construction of the library, it was quite a lively endeavor. Um, There was a competition um, held to see who would have the honor of designing it. And there actually were six architectural firms that had submitted designs, but it was the Chicago architectural firm of Patton and Fisher that ended up winning the bid. They had submitted plans for a massive granite structure that would serve as an enduring symbol of Muskegon's strength and optimism at the end of the 19th century. And so, you know, unsurprisingly, that was the winner chosen. And the cost for Hackley Library's startup did climb past the initial amount that Charles had pledged to donate to. But, you know, he was a very generous man with his wealth, with his time, and he made sure to supply the library with additional funds really to ensure its success. Construction, of course, for a library of this size was no easy task, but it was something that community members really could enjoy seeing the progress throughout the time that it was being created. And just kind of a fun little fact, a year into construction on Hackley Day, there were roughly 2,000 people that had gathered at the library's construction site for a celebration, and many of them were children. I had read that they were waving flags that had said Hackley on them, which was kind of a cool thing. And so it was definitely a community endeavor, just overall. 
Hackley Day um, is named Hackley Day in part because of the library, correct? Yes, exactly. So it was actually named in honor of Charles Hackley due to his generosity for giving this great site and this amazing amount of money to create the library. And just kind of in general, with all of his philanthropic efforts, all of the generosities that he's given to Muskegon. And it's on May 30th, correct? So initially it was May 25th. But then it's interesting because over the years, it's kind of changed a little bit. It falls sometimes, I believe, on um, a Friday, I think, towards the end of the month. So it's not necessarily always the same day. It's kind of celebrated towards the end of the month in in May, but it originally was May 25th. Now, you mentioned that this was a pretty um, unique and beautiful library. You mentioned Hackley paid more for it than originally intended. Do we know how much exactly he gave for the construction of the library and some of the upkeep over the years? Yeah, so it's funny enough, when you think about the cost of things, it costs about $200,000 in total, which in today's amount of money, it would you know be roughly $6 million. So it's quite a hefty leap, today's money standard, but that would have been quite a bit of money back in the day. And, you know, the upkeep of the library is really made possible through many means. For example, we're very fortunate at Hackley Library to have a millage that helps to fund a lot of the things that we do at the library. The millage is on the ballot for residents to vote on um, every 10 years. And the library is grateful to have an annual budget of roughly around $1.8 million. Um, and that definitely includes, you know, maintenance for the buildings and um, the ground maintenance. It also goes towards collection development and programming and other aspects, just kind of making sure that, you know, the library runs smoothly. Now, is there still money that Hackley initially gave that the library still uses for um, in some of the funds? I know, for example, he gave money for artwork purchases for the library. So it's interesting that you say that. Just to kind of talk about money that the library still has today, not necessarily left by Charles, but by Julia Hackley, Um, she did instill a trust, which we still have connections to. Today that trust is housed within a bank, and each year they use a formula to determine how much of that trust the library will receive. And this trust does have restricted measures. It's set aside for certain things. Um, For example, if something were to happen with the structure or there was a prominent repair that was needed on the building, this fund would help to cover that cost. And it is pretty incredible to know, you know, that parts of this trust from many years ago is still available today. But kind of a cool thing also, you mentioned um, the Museum of Art and having, you know, money go towards purchasing pictures. So Charles Hackley, he, you know, he passed away prior to the Museum of Art being open and in full swing, but part of his contributions to the city did include a trust to the Board of Education for purchasing artwork. And um, the Museum of Art's history showcases that by 1910, many precious works of art were purchased and displayed inside Hackley Public Library though it was later decided by the Board of Education that it was imperative to build a museum-quality facility. You know, a lot of times with artwork, you want to make sure that there's temperature control and that there's sunlight control. And so that was definitely something that was quite important. And so they decided to build um, a museum-quality facility where the artwork could be housed and enjoyed. And originally, something not everyone might not know, the Muskegon Museum of Art was previously called the Hackley Gallery of Art. But it's definitely started out as a 
great endeavor to kind of showcase a lot of beautiful artwork and culture, and it's really grown ever since. And I've seen, too, they used to have a lot of local artists have their works of art on display, too, in little galleries at the library. Yeah, yeah. And something kind of cool, right now at the library, we do have um, a piece of artwork that is part of a Nelson Neighborhood Initiative. And it's something that is kind of recurring. I think we still have the same piece that we've had for a little while, so we'll probably be changing that again out soon. But It's really nice to be able to have the library as a showcase place for a lot of community endeavors. Yeah, I think that's really what Hackley was looking for, is a community gathering place, place for the community, so it's great to see it still being used that way. Oh, absolutely. That's one of our main goals. We strive to be a community area where people can not only come for resources and services, but where they can feel comfortable. It's a space for everyone. Um, now, we talked a little bit about the uh, connection with the Art Museum mm-hmm. and the Hackley Library. Uh, we initially mentioned that, or you initially mentioned that Hackley posed the idea of a library to the public schools. Mm-hmm. And so I know there was this connection with the public schools and the library. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of just to reiterate what you mentioned, you know, Charles had initiated the idea to the Board of Education, and he did give um, the money and the site to the um, Muskegon Public School System, and he also gave them the deed. And what's interestingly enough, not everyone might not know this, but the Muskegon Public Schools um, still owns the actual buildings for the library, including our main library building, as well as the Torrent House, which houses our local history and genealogy department. Hackley Library is an independent entity from the school system, but this change came about not too many years ago. In fact, in recent years, a law was passed indicating that a school could no longer put a millage on a ballot for library services. Um, So due to this change happening, Hackley Library became a district library, getting its own independent millage from the school system. And the library does actually still receive a stipend every year from Muskegon Public Schools, which is wonderful. We're very grateful for that as well. We actually are still very much connected to the Muskegon Public Schools in various ways, just not as much as we used to be, but it's such a great connection. It's such a great collaboration. Well, there's such a great history there. I mean, 100, you know, 100 plus years of that yes. collaboration. Oh my God, over 130 years. Yeah. It's crazy to think about the time span and how so many things have changed, but yet how some things have remained the same, which is great. So let's talk a little bit more about the opening of Hackley Library and the dedication of it, because I know that's a a really big, important part of um, the community here, and it's been captured um, amazingly at the library. I know one of my favorite things to check out is the massive painting that's on display there of the dedication. So can you tell us a little bit more about that event? Yeah, so just the dedication in general, it was a really pivotal moment in the library's history. Children, they were released ahead of time from school. Businesses around town, they had closed early. And there were several invited guests who gathered in the library. And I guess ironically, there was kind of a spontaneous reception there prior to the actual dedication. But the actual dedication was held at the Opera House. Interestingly enough, the painting that hangs in the library of the dedication, which, by the way, was created by the artist E.A. Turner, it um, shows a beautiful spring-like day, depicting the dedication as bright and beautiful and warm. But in reality, the weather was actually very cold. It was (laughs) blustery. It was a typical fall day because the dedication was October 15th. 1890. So, you know, just a day prior to the library actually opening. But in the dedication painting, 
You can see Charles Hackley is seen handing the deed for the library over to Frederick Nims, who was the president of the Muskegon Board of Education at the time. And then um, it also depicts other board members looking on. It depicts a lot of really prominent people who might not necessarily have been there at the time, but have some connections with Muskegon and just the library in general. And of course, you know, if you come take a peek at the painting, you'll see Mrs. Hackley. She has a really cool pink parasol. So it's, it's definitely made to be vibrant and colorful. But kind of an interesting fact, in the bottom right corner of the painting, you'll see that E.A. Turner, the artist, he actually painted himself within the painting. And he wasn't even there that day. He was actually in Paris. That's where this painting was created. It wasn't even created here in Muskegon, Michigan, or America. So it's quite interesting to see how they took kind of some creative license, some creative artistic license and making it seem a little bit brighter than it actually was. But, you know, again, just a really very pivotal moment. It was a new beginning, a new area for people to come and enjoy. And it was something that everyone was really looking forward to. I mean, I love it. It's just like a who's who of Muskegon. You exactly. Play. Where's, where's Waldo? And then you're looking around for all the famous people. It's, it's a resource. No, it's true. And we do actually have a list that labels all the people who are shown in the painting. So if you're ever interested in knowing, oh, who is that? Or who's that supposed to be? You can stop by the library and you can take a peek at the list and kind of pinpoint who was who. And, you know, it's a it's hugely massive portrait. You know, it hangs on the wall. And what's really cool is that it's been there since the library really started in full swing. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon because it does weigh over 500 pounds and it's roughly 7 by 10 feet. So it's quite large. Yeah, that, not, not easy to move that, transport it, or no. it anywhere. No. no. So when Hackley passed away, I know that his body was actually uh, at the library for a while there laying in state. Uh, can right. you tell us a little bit about why that decision was made or what the response to it was. Yeah, so I don't really know specifically why the decision was made, um, except for it probably was just a way to pay respect to the generosity that Charles Hackley had given to Hackley Library. He was the one who really made having the library available to everyone possible. So it was a great way for people, the general public, to be able to come and pay their respects to him. And it had an amazing response. I mean, I believe it was over 7,000 people that came to the library to pay their respects. People were lined out the front door and around the corner just as a way to kind of, you know, say their thanks, say, say their goodbyes, and just as a way to kind of remember this amazing man who made all of these things possible. And so, yeah, it was actually, um, his body was laying in state upstairs in what is now our youth services department, interestingly enough. Um, and we do actually have a black and white photo showcased there. There was a lot of foliage, flowers, greenery around it, just kind of, again, showing just the enormous gratitude that a lot of people had for Charles Hackley. Uh, now, you'd earlier mentioned the glass floor in the library, um, very iconic part of Hackley Library. I know whenever I talk to kids, that's one of the things I say in there, oh, yeah, I know that library. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you tell us anything about it? Does it require a lot of special care and maintenance to keep it? Yeah, that's a great question. We absolutely maintain the security and safety of it. We check it regularly, but it's actually very durable. Things were really made to last back in the day. You know, I think that they were made strong. They were made very well. It is galley glass. It's very thick, 
But what's really cool is that it wasn't just meant to be something that was aesthetically pleasing. It was meant for a purpose. It helped to filter in light. Back in the day, their lighting was very different than ours is. It was kind of a combination between electric but also gas lighting, which was a lot dimmer. And so it would help to filter light in from one level to the next kind of creating more illumination for when browsing through items or trying to find something. And so over the course of history, even though it still filters in light, it's become something that was a lot more, you know, kind of beautifying. It's it's something that people come to see now. They say, oh, you have a glass floor. And, and like you mentioned, it's quite unique to us. You really don't hear about a lot of glass floors, but there are a couple other libraries that I've heard of, that I know of, that have glass floors as well. And they were built around the same time period. So I think it was something that was maybe not commonplace so much, but it was definitely a trend for certain structures. Now, for a visitor walking into the library, besides the glass floor, is there a lot of uh, original library that's still there? Is it very different than what it used to look like? It's quite similar. There have been some changes as far as where things are located, like the circulation service desk used to be kind of in the middle of the library. Then at one time it was closer to the Julia Hackley room, which is now the young adult room. And now it's towards the center or sorry, to towards the beginning, the front of the library. So those things have changed a little bit, but the actual, you know, some of the same tables, we still have some of the original tables that um, Hackley had. We have some of the original chairs, the stained glass windows, the woodwork, the woodwork on the fireplace mantles, the woodwork on the walls, the metal hinges, the doorknobs, the metal work on the front doors. These are all still intact, original pieces from when the library was first created. And it's really incredible to be able to see these things last through time and, and to see people appreciating them. You know, it's a piece of history that is older than any of us, and yet it's still there. It's still kind of showing its own piece of history within, you know, tangible items. Yeah, it's amazing to, to go in there and feel like you're stepping back in time a little bit. It does. No, it absolutely does. I think that's something that people really enjoy too when they come. I think there are two important things to realize and remember with the library. It's a beautiful gem. There's so much history. You can come and enjoy it. It's almost like almost like walking through a museum in one sense. But in another sense, it's always good to remember, you know, it's a library. There are so many great resources, more than just its architecture. It's the books, it's the DVDs, it's the music, the magazines, the public computers, programs. So it's just such a great balance. There are so many things to enjoy from the library. Yes, let's talk about some of those resources. Are there books still around from the original opening of the library? Yes, yes. So we actually do have a great collection of books that are over 100 years old. Um, Some of these books are housed in our glass cases, which is upstairs on the second level of our nonfiction stacks on the glass floor area. Um, So those, they are behind doors. Um, You can see them, you know, kind of through the glass doors and people are able to look through some of those books. You know, you have to get permission first and you have to use the special white gloves. Mm But we do have quite a few rare older books still in our collection. And, you know, the collection has grown tremendously throughout the years. We started with a collection of roughly 14,000 titles, um, you know, predominantly books, of course. But now we have a collection of over a million titles, over a million materials. That includes printed books. It includes DVDs, music CDs. It also includes our digital resources. 
that you can gather right online, you know, right in the comfort of your own home. You can listen to audiobooks or read ebooks. So it's really amazing to see how much this collection has grown and how it's really spread to so many people. I know one of the kind of special books that you have there is the Book of Kells that's uh, kind of a more modern addition to the library and its history. Can you tell us a little bit about how the library acquired it and exactly what it is for those who aren't familiar? So the original Book of Kells, it's actually a centuries-old manuscript, and it was created by monks. It showcases the four Gospels, and it's inscribed in Latin. Now, at one point, there were Vikings that were trying to overtake the island where the Book of Kells was being held. It was believed to have been held on the island of Iona, which is off the coast of Scotland. Now, this group of monks, they collected some belongings, and as they left to escape, they took the Book of Kells with them and then arrived later on the island of Kells, you know, which is off of Ireland. And what's really interesting to know is that you know there have been thousands of illuminated manuscripts over the course of history, and several of them have you know, they've perished, they've been lost or ruined. And so to think that this book of Kells has remained intact, you know, over this long period of time is just incredible. And the original book is held um, at Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland. But the reason that we have our book of Kells is because in 1990, Trinity College granted permission for a limited number of exact facsimile replicas of the book to be published. And it was a pretty hefty cost. It cost almost $15,000 for an exact replica to be made. But the Muskegon Irish American Society and the Friends of Hackley Public Library undertook a fundraising campaign to purchase Hackley Library's replica of the Book of Kells in celebration of the library's 100th anniversary. And in addition to that, you know, generous donations were gathered for the display case, which now houses our Book of Kells. And it's really incredible because there only was a limited number created. So even though it is not the original book that we have, it is literally exactly the same as what the original was. They made exact replicas and very limited amounts. So it's rare. It's a piece of history. It's not only a great literature piece, it's a work of art as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely a work of art. If you've never seen it, um, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's really beautiful. It's, it's it hard is. to describe even. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you know, the words, they're very organic in shape, very whimsical as like I, I like to describe it. There's imagery of animals, of people, you know, lots of colors. So it's really, really gorgeous. It's beautiful to see. Um, now, you talked a few times about some programs that the library does to engage with the community. Can you tell us more about some of your programming that you do on a regular basis? Yeah. So, Hackley Library has a variety of programs for all ages. We have programs that are geared towards adults, some that are geared towards teens and tweens, and some that are geared towards youths or all ages. You know, we like to have a variety of music programs for people to enjoy at the library. We have jazz music. We actually just recently had um, the Uneven Ground um, traditional Celtic band. Um, we like to have Americana. You know, really, we like to have a great variety so people can enjoy many different aspects of music. We also have a really nice uh, creative writing group called Left to Write. It's very casual. It's wonderful for seasoned writers, but also those that are new to writing. It's a time when people can just come together and get inspired by writing prompts and share their thoughts and share their stories. 
In addition to, you know, having programs for adults or all ages, we also have youth programs. We have story time regularly, which is great for little ones, has movement activities, songs and stories to enjoy. We also have um, take and make kits that are quite popular among the kids and teens. We have new crafts every month for that. And we really like to have programs where kids and teens can get engaged with things. Learning about animals, learning about space. Definitely try to have those varieties of programs that are not only educational but fun as well. Where's the best way to find out more information about the library in general and about some of these programs you mentioned? Yeah, so you can visit our website, hackleylibrary.org. We have a Facebook page. You can also find information on events there. Always feel free to give us a call. Our phone number is 231-722-8000. And most of all, we love for you to come into the library. You know, stop in and see us. We have so many things to offer everyone. And it's really just it make it brings joy to us to be able to see people coming in and asking questions and wanting to know more information and that's something that we look forward to every day. Mallory, anything else you want to share about the library before we wrap up? Yeah, I you know I just want to make sure that people remember, you know, there's so much to enjoy from the library. Whether you want to find a new book or find a new series, browse our selections. We have tons of books. We have um, DVDs, find a great movie. You can find a new television series. You know, we have newspapers, um, new newspapers every day that you can come in and read. We have a technology lab, you know, public computers that people can utilize. We also have copying and faxing available. And if you ever have questions that you're not really sure answers to, we have reference librarians that can help you find that information. We're here to help you. And that's something that we really want to instill in people's minds that we are here for them. And to never hesitate to come in if you have any questions or want to know more information. So absolutely come see us. All right, Mallory, thank you very much for joining us and sharing the history of Hackley Library and some of the current things that you're doing there. Um, thanks again. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.